0: Aggression is one of the last dirty words in our culture. You can be crass, you can be rude, you can even be profane, but ho ho, aggressive, don't be aggressive, except it's wrong, dead wrong. I promise you, nothing of meaning and transcendence will come into your life passively. It's time for you to get into the arena, to push back against a passive, mediocre existence. I'm Brian Tome, and this is the aggressive life. Well, welcome back to the aggressive life. You never know who we're going to talk to or what we're going to talk about. The only thing you know for sure is we're going to talk aggressively. We are sick of passivity in our culture. We're tired of mediocrity. We're so done with waiting for things to happen. We are making things happen. And today, my guest is a friend of mine. You may know him, at least you may know him from your television. His name is Solomon Wilcots, former NFL player, sideline reporter, podcast guru, one amazing <laughs> specimen of masculinity. I know him as Solomon. You will know him as Solomon Wilcots. How are you today, Solomon?
1: <laughs> Brian, I'm doing great and always great to be on with you.
0: Well, I, I hope you feel that in a little bit because you never know how aggressive we're going to get on the aggressive. I just tell your, your take on aggressive aggressiveness. You, you you've you you're you have a number of different income streams mm-hmm. in your life. You've been a professional yeah. athlete. Just just give us a little stump speech on the role of aggression, as you say.
1: Yeah, I, I could tell you about me personally is that I'm not a, a huge risk taker. I've never really been a huge risk taker, but. If you're going to do something great in your life, if you're going to do something that's uncommon, that means first, you're going to feel afraid. You're going to feel intimidated. You're going to feel like you're not worthy or you're not up to the challenge, but you go anyway.
0: Talk about on a football field. What role
1: does aggression have on the football field? Well, for one, it's very difficult to go out and perform uh, without aggression, even as a quarterback, and you don't think about quarterbacks being uh, having aggression, but you've seen Tom Brady when after he throws a touchdown pass, he's like fired up, he's wanting a headbutt button, you know chest bump with his with his uh, offensive lineman, but think from a quarterback's perspective. Think about aggression or being aggressive with maybe throws that he's attempting down the field. He's not being conservative. He's not taking the safe way out. Oh, I'm going to throw the check down to the running back coming out of the backfield. No, I'm going to throw it to Randy Moss or Julian Edelman in double coverage because I know Jules will make the play. That's aggressive. That's, That's believing in something that maybe... Um, what he's seeing on the field, and maybe what he's seen from the defense, maybe that wouldn't suggest you should throw that pass. But his faith, his belief in himself, his belief in in Julian Edelman, and the work that they have put in together and practice every single day, that's what allows him to say, "I'm going for it." And you see him doing it all the that's time. Right. And you see quarterbacks. So that's not to mention running backs or defensive linemen. We know they can be aggressive, and we know how. An aggressive mindset pays off for them, but you need to think about it for just about every single player in any sport.
0: Well, you just brought up a topic that I've been meaning to talk to you about because I've been wanting somebody who has some intelligence and some coherence to have this conversation with. And Salimon, you are the mon on this. Now one. that's
1: showing a lot of faith. It in is. Me. I'm,
0: I have it. I have it. I have it. Here You, you mentioned. You brought it up every time. I see the New England Patriots huddle up. I'm always struck by how many white people are in it. I am. I'm always, I'm always, I count. I end up counting. I think, I think I counted on the offensive side, six white people. But as I thought, I thought about this. I haven't had anyone in the know to talk to about this at all. You're the first one I have. Since I was a little kid Mm -hmm. watching the NBA, I was always amazed, like, Interesting how the Celtics made sure that they got Larry Bird. Interesting how then it was <laughs> Danny Ainge, yeah. McHale. I mean, obviously the, the the Celtics were the first team to have a black coach, and I'm, I'm not yeah, – yeah. I just interesting. And then as I watch,
1: of course, the Boston Bruins. Of course, everyone NHL is white, but, but nonetheless – And the Red Sox. I mean, Boston has a great sports tradition, and if you were to look on what's called the Mount Rushmore of athletes in Boston – uh, most of those players would be white. In other words, the great athletes of Boston. One being Bill Russell would certainly be on there, but the others would be like, you know, Larry Bird, Carl Yastrzemski. Um It'll be a Boston Bruin player, Chelios, right? Mm. Someone like that. Well, just go down the list with the Patriots. Uh, who's all the white, fast, little
0: receivers? You Edelman, Hogan, Welker, yeah, 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 D- uh, Danny Amendola, they, Danny uh, Amendola. Uh, that goes on, and it's like it's but, like they're saying we need someone that's really tough and fast
1: and white. I, I tell me, I'm off base here. What am I missing? No, I I think remember they did have a guy named Randy Moss who's not white, I and mean, he was a great player for them. Yes, They've had other yes, receivers. I forget the little short guy who was a – Well, you uh, can't have all white people. I know, but I that's, mean, that's what I'm trying a, to say. You can't have all I, white I, people. I just think – I do know there's basic tenets that the Patriots, they, they subscribe to in terms of players they want. They want players who are smart, um and they want players who the game means a lot to them. In other words, that they're going to work hard every single day and and that they're really playing because they love the game. That effort and that energy, that discretionary energy, that's the energy that you give up at your own discretion. Ooh, I like that, that discretionary energy. You yeah, don't, you know, I like, you know like I can pay you a salary, and you're going to perform a function that meets the requirement of that salary, but no further. Discretionary, but no further. energy. It's the I energy like that. that we all give up at our own discretion, right? And 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 you know it's at our own discretion because you ever heard someone say I would run through a wall for that guy. Mm. Well, why wouldn't you run through a wall for that guy or for that guy? See, you we pick and choose who we'll run through a wall for. That means it's at our own discretion. We decide when we're going to give up more energy than normal. Yes, and all the studies show that salary or prizes or incentives aren't aren't sustainable. It's not enough to sustain that energy, okay? And so that discretionary energy is, is something that Bill Belichick, want, he wants to tap into players who are self-driven and motivated where they're giving up that energy. They love the game enough and they're giving up that kind of energy every day they come to work. And he has a way of determining who those players are, even when they go through the college draft. And that we know that as what we call professionalism, right? But you and I both know we can hire 100 people and we can think they've got it, but it's not going to be 100% in 100% of the people. Mm -hmm. I think I just,
0: I like to probe on this because, you know, being aggressive, it isn't just about, running through a wall, taking right. somebody's head off. In fact, there's obviously very negative forms of aggression. Understand yeah, that right. entirely. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, period. But there's a lot of things that we're not using discretionary energy for to step into something. And I think one of the things is, quite frankly, our, our race conversation in our country here. That, I agree. That's why I'm I pushed agree. on this a little bit. I mean, we we know when we see... Out and out racism, and we we blow up over. We just we just go go bonkers over when we when we see it. But the underlying issues we're not really willing to
1: talk about, and it makes, we're not really. It makes to most ask. people uncomfortable. It does. It does. It's a it's a very uncomfortable place for people to go. And then when some people attempt to go there, you know, let's face it, people have been criticized, ostracized, and penalized just saying the wrong thing, not, not that their heart is impure. They just may have said something that offended right. the, the wrong person, the wrong, and now they're penalized, they're ostracized for it. That doesn't help, right, with the attempt to have an ongoing dialogue and communication. Um, personally, we can look back since the beginning of time when it, in terms of what we know about man, about the human experience, right? every single tribe every single person every single human is more comfortable when they are amongst their own tribe mm. now that doesn't make it whether right or wrong no one's saying that's morally right or immorally it's absolutely right that's just a human um, that's a human thing that most people almost every single one of them feel more comfortable around their own tribe Because of cultural things and things that are pull our heart, our mind, our psyche, right? Having to put several tribes together in this great experiment that we call America. There's going to be tests. There's going to be trials. How do we make it work? And when it doesn't work or when there are moments, we go to the lowest common denominator and say that it's because he's different than me. Not not because, well, maybe that person, their morals are, don't align. Maybe our values don't align. And how do we get all those? It's got nothing to do with color of skin, right? Yes. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's got, uh, you know, I've heard someone, a good friend, say to me, when you talk about your friends, uh, it may be someone who's of your color but not your kind. And there may be someone who's of your kind but not your color. Hmm. We all need to be looking for people who are of our kind. I like that <laughs> we share values that I feel because we all want the same thing. We want to raise our children to be independent, to be healthy, to be happy.
0: Yep.
1: I and mean, when you think about all the things that most of us really do have in common, that's that's mean we are of the same kind. Are we getting better or worse as a culture? I, I think we. I think unfortunately we go through these cycles, right? We, there's these ebbs and flow um, in time from generation to generation where it gets better. Then it gets worse. There just seems to be this tug of war. But I think, unfortunately, um, we're worse. Uh, I think there's been times when we've why? been better. Why are, why are we worse right now? How, uh, you feel that personally as a black man? I, I, the other day, my son and I, we were going into his apartment complex. There was a gentleman driving out. And he just started honking. And I was like, what, what did I do? Did I not, was I supposed to stop? Did I? And then, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't supposed to stop. I kind of just, we were, you know, cruising by. And then when he pulled out and I pulled into the next, um, it was sort of parking structure. I pulled in. He flipped me off. I don't know what he, shout, what he shouted. But I told my son, I said, you see that? I said, I'm going to tell you something. We live in a different world. You cannot respond to that behavior people are yep. people are taking lives. It was a white They're, guy? Yes. Did you interpret it was partially racially there motivated? There was nothing else to mm. infer. There wow. I didn't cut him off. We didn't nearly almost have an accident. There was nothing. Yeah, I, I I didn't cuz I was like, did I do something? And my son was like, no, we didn't do anything. And yeah. so my my whole point to that is um you know, we we just need to have greater empathy. I think the empathy has been driven out of our culture today yeah. um, to understand other people and have under, other people understand us, to not be so quick to judge, certainly not be so quick to have animus to yeah. someone simply because they appear to be different. See, and that's why I have to trust someone like you
0: who says it's worse, because I'm of the dominant culture. I don't know if you know or not. I'm white. I don't know if you know this. I'm, I'm very white. It, it, it is awesome to be see, white, see, I must say. I will Just say this. Awesome. I think when
1: people say, I didn't even notice you were black. I'm like, hey, listen, it's okay. You know how some people say, I'm colorblind. I don't oh, see yeah, no right, difference. Right. How about this? How about if we ask you to notice the difference but still, un- notice the similarities. Ah, oh, there you go. See, yeah. when people when people try to take the easy out, I, no, yeah. I don't notice any difference. Well, then Please. you're kind of being what we call intellectually or emotionally dishonest, totally. right? <laughs> like, totally. Totally. Here is the real test, and I would suspect that our Creator wants us to see the, the total difference and still love. Yes. Right. And still love each other.
0: And I've got, I've got to love <laughs> you, and I got to trust you because, as a yeah. white guy. I don't have any stories. I don't have a single story where my race made for a bad day. I don't have a single one. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I know you say I'll, well, I'll, There's yeah. no way I can talk to a, 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 a black man and him to understand that topic. Because yeah. everyone, everyone I know has got multiple stories of how they have problems yeah. because of their skin yeah. color.
1: I have friends, very dear friends, who I've had conversations with and I'll talk to them. And then we start to talk about history and we talk, you know, you can't separate, you know, none of us live in a vacuum. Like the present is connected to our past, right? And our future is connected to our presence. That line in the sand of time, that's what it is. It's, it's all connected. And so when I have conversations with them, they'll say, well, that was back then. How does that affect you? (laughs) So it's kind of like throwing things out. And so what I really like to help people understand, I said, typically, um, in almost every person that I know, particularly African-American male, who's been stopped by the police. Which is probably every African-American male you know. That's when the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Because we can, like, I can live, I can, if I, you know, if I have enough income, I can live in a neighborhood where there's some buffers. I can surround myself with people who are like me. If I can, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can buffer, right? And never, and then say, well, I don't think that exists. But I am gonna tell you right now, you get pulled over by the cops and it's a real moment. And you see it in the news where how many people are. For whatever reason, whether I'm not blaming that it's the cop's fault or it's the person, in, I think it's a situation-by-situation situation deal. Sometimes police are provoked. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's in between. I'm not here to really bring up any specific issue. I'm just saying that I've been pulled over before. I know a lot of guys like me have been pulled over before. We all have similar stories. And I. the lesson is that you have every black man in this country when they have a son who is of age and they begin to drive there's a conversation that has to be had and when that if that i know friends and then we i'll say have you had the talk with them because my son got his license you had to talk with him of course i have and if someone has it we would say to them dude you're you're, to- you're and, derelict and, and in your duty is, as a dad <laughs> a lot of people do not know this talk what is the talk the talk is you tell your son if you are pulled over by the cops for whatever reason, first thing you do, you put both hands on on the dashboard. Second thing is you are to be totally respectful. Do you, yes, sir, no, sir, and you do not move your hands. If he asks for license, registration, proof of insurance, it's in the glove box. Do you want to get it or do you want me to get it? I want you to get it. I'm going to now reach for it and I'm going to get it. I'm not armed I don't have anything sir so I'm just doing what you're asking me to do mm. these are critical survival,
0: <laughs> survival skills,
1: skills. <laughs> absolutely now I think if you're if you're not of uh, an African-american male you could be another minority I I guess but yeah, someone see, like yourself i teach my kids how to get out of tickets yeah so a whole, I, that's yeah, my you're, it's talk a, you're having a whole nother oh, conversation totally, i got a system down yeah man. you're I like I okay what did, no. what did i do what do i do do you have probable or reasonable calls no, to stop no, me no. off i no, don't know no would you like to I, would you like me to tell you the
0: system
1: this
0: is how this is how it happens so guy comes up to the car officer you roll down the window and what most people do is wrong and he says, Do you know why I pulled you over? And what do you say? say no, officer, I don't know it's wrong, 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 wrong. Comes up and says, You know you know, do you know why I pulled you over? You said, Yes, officer, I do. I was speeding back there. I I don't I, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And he says, okay, uh, license registration. You say, because right away they're freaked out because like, oh, wow, he actually said what he did. And right before, this is the key one, right before you give it to him, you look him in the eye and you say, officer, do you think you could forgive me just this once? <laughs> And then he takes his home, and he goes back to his car. And everyone wants to forgive somebody, right? You notice, everyone, you everyone notice wants to forgive how loud somebody. I'm laughing,
1: right? <laughs> you know, and, I gotta tell and, you, that's, that's easy, what you do. that. Just goes yeah, to show well, you, though, the, the two different yeah, it is, mindsets it is. and the uh, and, and, you know, in terms of how we live and the freedoms that we express yeah. on a day-to-day
0: basis. Yeah, it's tough. Is there is there much racial tension in the NFL? Like with the players, it. have oh, you? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, you're Even not gonna, when people are playing here, with here each other the, all the time yeah. on the same team, it's here still the, there? Here are the things that aren't tolerated. You'll be surprised. Now, these are things that are not really tolerated. The religion, keep that out of the locker room. Religion? From an own, yes. Huh. From an ownership perspective, they don't want it. Now, we do have Bible studies. You yeah. do have, but that's not in the locker room because there are people with different beliefs. Yeah. And if you begin to have your belief and now that over in that corner, they're having another that they believe that divides the team up. Okay. Okay. Same with politics. If you're having you know, you've got the Republicans over there, the Democrats, the Independents over here. And yep. so th- that's why it's that's an smart. unwritten rule. That's smart. Where they do not want those things creeping into what we call a team yeah. that's gotta go out there with a lot of emotion. Um and so those are the things that they frown upon. However, um, having played in the NFL, say, for instance, I've had a teammate. He's white. He's a running back. And if you look at most running backs in the Who's NFL, that? most of them are African-American. A good friend of mine, Merrill Hodge. He oh, worked yeah. for ESPN. Awesome guy. He's a dear friend of mine. We play golf together. And uh, But when we were in Pittsburgh, he, he was the minority in the room. Huh. So, you know, I know what that's like. I've seen it. And you know what I've always said And when I was a kid? Like, if I saw, like, you know, you watch a movie and you see people treating someone bad or whatever. I was always the kid that, like, if I ever saw that, I'd have to say something. I'd have to do something about it. I'd have to stand up. And I remember um, there were teammates who treated Meryl, um, I thought, in a very negative way. I thought in a way that was detrimental to our ability to become a complete. What they team. do? Calling words. They, they were rude. Um, what kind of words? Racial words. You know, white boy. You know, uh, white stuff boy. like that, and yeah, they call him the C word. The C word. <laughs> As you, would, what what would you call the C word? I don't. I understand. Like cracker <laughs> is a bad thing. There you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh I, man, I, that would uh, be. Uh, <laughs> That would oh, be man. off limits in, oh, my, in my home. I can just tell you that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah, you don't get to say those things. And you don't get to say those things to my friends. Hmm. And uh, Merrill Hodge is a good friend of mine. And I remember going to one of the my teammates and saying, you know, it was in the quiet because I didn't want to embarrass the guy who did it. I said, hey, man, you, you can't talk to him like that. I said, we have to go out and play together. We have to win together. And I said, when I was in Cincinnati, that's why we beat you guys every time we play you. You guys were talented, but we beat you because we knew you would pull the pin on your own hand grenade. Because you wouldn't stick together as a team. When it when adversity hit, you guys would find a way to lose. I said and stuff. That's that's the reason why it happens. And I can tell you right now, the Steelers have been a better team. It had had nothing to do with what I brought to the table. It was really just about understanding. You can't talk to your teammates like that. You've Got to be respectful. Um, but I, I remember that. And, I, and he and I have talked about that, you know, the way that he was treated in an NFL mm-hmm. locker room. So it goes to show you that whoever is in the majority, they have the responsibility to really set the example for yeah. how you're going to treat people. Yeah, well, I admire
0: you for that, brother. I mean, yeah. that's, that's an aggressive move, stepping in and helping a buddy out like that. And that, that, that really has speaks to be done. really, really well of you. Yeah we We just so oftentimes just see bad stuff happen, and we just let it go instead of oh, stepping in yeah, not yeah. good how about let's talk about um going too far let's talk about the dark side of aggression when do you when do you see it going foul where 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 do you see us abusing the
1: principle of aggression with men um when we have so much pride right? And so say if if someone says something, particularly say if our girlfriend's next or if our wife is next or if our significant other is with us. And then we don't want to look bad, right, in front of, or we don't want to appear to be weak or come off feeble. And someone may cut you off in the road as you're driving. And then you're like, you know, honk. And then they flip you off and then you flip them off back and then they get out and they stop and they say something. You say, see how it escalates. Yes. And, um, you know, I just really believe I've, you know, I've come over this over time in my life. I've come to know that courage really is about the ability to not have to worry about who looks weak. Courage is really about, um, being able to overcome the, you know, the potential for disaster to de-escalate the situation, even if it makes even if you're the, the humble one, even if you have to be what we call the bigger man. Right. Even. At, and that's really appealing to our better angel. It's really just saying, you know what? If, have you ever said to someone when you've been right? They were wrong. And you say to them, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's an aggressive move. How, that's an aggressive move. Absolutely is. How many people can do that? Yeah. When you feel you're right and you know what they did was wrong, they cut in front of you at the grocery store, got in the line, cut you off, yeah. and you said, hey, I was here first. And then they re- they returned venom. And then you said, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. And just let it go. You, th- you bring up a really good point here because aggression
0: is about pushing your life forward That's aggression crazy. is not about having your way it's about pushing your life right. forward and so with my wife
1: <laughs>
0: i've just learned after thirty two years of marriage most of the time I just want to roll over now she would disagree with me she yeah. thinks I always have to win and she's probably right more times than i want <laughs> more times than I want to admit it but you realize what what do i get from winning this argument yeah i get nothing. You nothing my wife my my wife doesn't feel better my life doesn't go forward at all i like to say uh, uh, you know with the people i work with hey i'm happy to be wrong happy to be wrong because I, I just want the right thing to happen and push it go. forward. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to be right. And I think we miss that with aggression. This is not about manning up or womaning up or trying to prove how strong we are or how witty we are. Does the thing that you're engaged in right now, if you have your way— Will your life go farther forward? Yeah. It doesn't matter if someone cuts us off in traffic. That yeah. will mean nothing to my day. That will be nothing to my W-2. Nothing at all. Did you
1: hear me use the analogy earlier when I said, be the one to pull the pin on your own hand grenade? Yes, I heard. That's the metaphor or the analogy that I use to help myself to um, gauge my conduct, to gauge my words, just my engage in terms of how I treat others. Because there are times when I could I could lose it or I could be a little edgy based on the treatment of others or what someone says to me when my son is driving by and, I, you know, I may want to return that. I may feel that energy yeah. to want to return yeah. that. And then I think I have so much to lose and very little to gain. Well, not only really that, you, you mentioned <laughs> yeah.
0: earlier discretionary energy, which, dude, that's – that's such a deep concept. I'm mm. going to that that could be a life changer for me. I might have had you on this podcast just so I could hear that because <laughs> it's so good because the other thing I think about with that is every amount of energy I spend on one thing, I don't have the energy for another yeah, that's thing. Right. That's My right. My wife uh, she she cracked her kneecap. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. She cracked her kneecap. She fell down in the in a concrete bathroom, just slipped with flip-flops, cracked her kneecap. And, and she's one of these women who just wants to be macho and tough and tough it out. She's That's a, a tough one to come back yeah, from. I is. Can tell she, you that. She's an old athlete, old gymnast. And, yeah. and so she, like me, doesn't want to take pain meds. And a doc told me a number of years ago, something that totally revolutionized my thinking on this. He said, look, Brian, you only have so much energy. So you can have your body's energy fighting the pain or you can have your body's energy healing itself. Mm. You decide which. I, like I was like, that. yeah. I like it. Yeah, so I've been on her like, "Hey man, take take those pain meds, but we can't get all worked up about everything. No, we no, can't, can't be even even this, we can't be aggressive no. about everything. Like no. my lawn I am not aggressive on my lawn. It looks pretty crappy. <laughs> it, it really does. I haven't gotten around to putting a layer of mulch around yeah, my house yet. Yeah. It's you know, it's we're we're well into summer here, and I haven't gotten around to it because I don't have the energy to do that. So far, yeah. the last couple of months, I haven't had the energy to do that without being able to do the things that I know I need to do to push my you life. Prioritize.
1: Forward. Yeah, you've prioritized, and you know when we talk about pulling the pin on your own hand grenade, it's. Every single day, and our decisions, and how we treat other people, we are we're sowing seeds, right? We all are yeah, sowing seeds. That's right. When we come in contact with people, and and our treatment um, of them, and our interactions with them, we're either pouring into them, or they're pouring into us, or we're robbing and sapping out of them. Okay, are yeah. they're sapping that energy out of us? Yes. We have some say-so and what that exchange is going to be like.
0: Well, let's end with this, Saul. I mean, We've had, I've had a brilliant conversation with you, um, as I always do. I just love being able to capture this on tape because you and I go round and round a lot of this stuff when we hang out. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. I really appreciate you. I, I appreciate you. You have you keep bringing in faith elements. Uh, you drop in like sowing seeds. That's, mm-hmm. that's something that's in the New Testament. Sow yeah. seeds, what you reap, what you sow. Right. You're talking about faith stuff. I mean, a lot of people think that people of faith are weenie boys who are only passive. And what would faith have to do to inform a discussion on aggression? What does it have to do? How how
1: can you be about aggression and be about faith at the same time? I think having an understanding of who you are, um, what God's purpose is in your life. And once you capture that vision, once that vision is, is realized, I'm going to tell you right now, it's like your hair is on fire. It, the energy that you have and the determination that you have, no one can tell you no because hmm. you've already seen it. The vision of what your life is meant to be once it's revealed to you and once you have seen it, no one can keep you away from that. that the energy that comes with that vision, is one that gives you see it in people. They'll tell you, I, I felt unstoppable. I felt, yeah. I mean, people will tell you that. Now, that tells you that um, when it comes to faith, it, ma- it really makes you more aggressive. Mm. Believing makes you more active. Right. Okay. Remember. Right. It's, it comes. I think it comes with having an understanding of who you are. I think it also comes with having a vision. Once you have that vision and that understanding, the two create this this force of nature that exists in every single one of us. Mm -hmm. It becomes a force. And I'm telling you right now, look out. (laughs) Great things are about to happen. I look at it this way. Faith is not
0: convincing yourself to believe stupid things that are no, probably wrong. No, that's, that's, not that's, this, that's we're that's not, not talking famous. the same thing. No, faith is, <laughs> as you and I are practicing it, faith is I'm going after something I can't see. If you want to get a raise, you can't see it. If you want to find a can't great wife or a great husband... Yeah you can't see her or him yet they're maybe not in your life nah. if you want to earn more money if you want to build a business if you want to if you want to build your biceps larger these are all things that you have faith in meaning you can't see them right now they're not they're not real but what faith does is it tells you, it informs you that while I can't see that right it's now, possible. if I go yeah. after this aggressively now, yes. I may be able to have it
1: that. It comes into being. That's the
0: Christian that's, faith.
1: That's exactly right. And where it says, hey, call those things that are not as though they were. Mm. Begin to believe, begin to act, begin to put into motion and to behave like you know it's inevitable. And begin to move. So that way, okay. So let's you let's be real. You're the guy. You're you're wanting that life partner. You know she's out there somewhere, but all you're doing is sitting at home playing video games. Not sitting gonna home happen. Playing video games. Oh, you're sitting at home doing <laughs> Tinder. And, you know, spanking <laughs> off. Is what oh, you are doing? Not, Jeez. <laughs> not gonna happen. No. And, and and no, it's not gonna come in that in that form. But if you put yourself out there and say you say, okay, I'm gonna go to an event tonight. I'm gonna make sure I introduce myself to, you know, someone that I find very interesting. And then you say, but I'm not that good with words. I'm not that courageous. Well, it's time. That's where the aggression comes into play. Yes. It's that time. The, the courage to know that you are not meant to be alone. Yes. You got to understand you're not meant to be alone, right? None of us are meant to be alone. And you have to try
0: and ask somebody out and get to know them. They may say no, they may not want to be around you, but you don't know that unless you ask them. Absolutely. My daughter Absolutely. is about ready to graduate from, from college. She's got one more year left, and uh, she's, ha- she's got a great, great boyfriend. She's, uh, she's with uh, her high school boyfriend, and he's, he's just done a really, really great job with her. And I thought when she got to this big, the, this big state university, m- massive one, University of Cincinnati, Man, I thought, boy, I don't know what's going to happen with the relationship with this guy because dudes are going to come out of the woodwork after her because my my daughter's a, a total package. She really is on, <laughs> on, a, on a bunch of different levels. <laughs> yeah, and man, like, not a single dude like asked her out the entire time. Wow, not a single guy, even like. Coming around and and wondering, are you dating somebody? And is there a place? not a single <laughs> solitary? One. I'm like, my word! What what is going on with the male species? You know, have we gotten mind, that passive yeah, that when yeah, there's a, a woman that's there. put together well, emotionally, it's spiritually, physically, there. relationally, you don't have the 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 faith to just have yeah. a conversation, like not even a conversation. We are we are so ill equipped today to do things that
1: everyone used to do because we've gone passive. So I was, um, visiting, uh, f- some friends down in Miami. This was two years ago and it just so happened we went down to the beach and just so happened it was the same time, right around the same time as some of the schools were on spring break. And I said, uh, me and my buddy, we were sitting there. I said, Hey, let's let's just watch people. And then here comes these gorgeous young ladies they're coming, and they're walking toward a group of guys. You can see they're prepping themselves to, you know, hoping the guys say hello. And these guys, everyone's looking at their phone oh, as man. they're walking. Gosh. They're, I mean, they're pretending to be Gosh. preoccupied. Oh. So they, just to avoid the pressure man. of having to be the first one to say, hello, young ladies, how you girls doing? Oh, they, they didn't have it. And then I watched wow. group after group of young, I call them boys, but young men. <laughs> And, I, and so finally, I was like, oh, I've seen enough. And so I went down to one group. I said, hey, man, you guys come here. I said, do you see those young ladies? You know why they're looking back? They're looking back at you. Because you guys just walked by them. You didn't even say hello. You didn't tell them how pretty they are, how lovely their hair may look. You didn't ask them, hey, are you in school? what school do you go to? What are you studying in school? What are your aspirations There are a lot of things you could have said. It's unbelievable. I said, "What?" I said, I, "I'm gonna tell you, my generation, they wouldn't have made it." Yeah. I said, "They wouldn't." These, <laughs> yeah. I said, a, a group of young ladies right. would not have been able to make it that far without us. Totally. I said, where, where?" I said, "Where's the courage? Where's the?" Hey,
0: ladies, hey, ladies, ladies. It. Let me tell you right <laughs> now, you ladies. Let, uh, uh, on behalf of the male species, let me apologize. <laughs> I'm apologizing. Let me apol. I don't know what's happening with my species, ladies. I'm sorry. You deserve more. I I don't oh, get it. My. And then now to all the guys, let me say, all the guys. Hey guys, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing you will be able to do in your life, if you want maximum impact, is have a teammate. Solomon had teammates in the NFL he went on and off with. on. If you can find a teammate, i.e. marriage for the rest of your life, right. you will be mind-blown how much your life will ac- accelerate. And then here's the thing. Here's the thing that this, so, this is so huge. Because all the other weenie boys around you or look at their phones. You literally have the pick of the crop. You don't have to be the best-looking guy any longer. No. You don't have to be the best-built guy any longer. No. You don't have to be the funniest guy any longer. No. You don't even need Which to have helps. the best it does. You don't even need to have the best job prospects any longer. It helps, all but you, you don't. All you need to do is look them in the eye it, and start a conversation right. and you can woo them cuz nobody else will and your life is set up.
1: It's set up.
0: Brother, we're about out of time. This has been great. Will you come back and do this again?
1: Anytime you ask. All right. I'm well, back.
0: that that will be again, I promise. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Solomon Wilcox for being with us and we'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode has impacted you, sh- hey, share with somebody else. All of us have influence, people that can look to us for direction. Use your influence positively, aggressively. And if this has meant something to you, then pass along to those that you're leading. Uh, you can see more at bryantome.com or search me on Instagram. Special thanks to the band Judges for our music. You can find more from them on Instagram at TheBandJudges or at Facebook.com slash TheBandJudges. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.